0: This is the Shameless Mom Academy, episode 233. Show notes for this episode, including all links mentioned, and discount codes for any of our sponsors can be found by going to shamelessmom.com and clicking on episode 233. Welcome to the Shameless Mom Academy. I'm your host, Sarah Dean, and I'm here to give you and other passionate, dedicated moms the tools you need to bridge the gap between motherhood and living the life of your dreams. I'm also here to help you be a little more shameless every day, because if you aren't building a life you're extraordinarily proud of, what kind of legacy are you building? So let's dive in. This episode is brought to you by PrepDish. PrepDish is a paleo gluten-free subscription-based meal planning service. To get your first two weeks of meal plans, recipes, and grocery lists for free, go to prepdish.com shameless. That's prepdish.com shameless. This episode of the Shameless Mom Academy is brought to you by Canvas People. To get your free 11 by 14 Canvas print you just pay shipping, go to canvaspeople.com and use the code SHAMELESS. Again, that's canvaspeople.com and use the code SHAMELESS. Hello, Shameless Moms. Happy Monday. I'm so happy to be here with you today. And... I'm really, really excited for this episode. I teased it a little bit last Monday. This is kind of a part two of my girl's trip to Sedona. I'm gonna talk really specifically about a conversation that came up with us about moderators versus abstainers. And it was such a great conversation that I had to put it all together for you into an episode because I knew when I was having this conversation with some of the women on my trip that it was something that would be so valuable to all my shameless moms. So before we dive into that... I need to talk about a shameless mom of the week. So our shameless mom of the week is someone who left a review over at shamelessmom.com. Her name is Sharon. So Sharon left this review because this is how one becomes the shameless mom of the week. You go to shamelessmom.com forward slash review, and you go into the ratings and review section. This is super easy if you do it on your phone, by the way, easier than on your computer. You go into the ratings and review section, and then you scroll down to where you can rate the show for one to five stars, and then you can also write a review where you can like write a few comments, a little paragraph, a few sentences, whatever is easy for you. And once I see the reviews come up, then I pick one every week to nominate a Shameless Mom of the Week. And Sharon wins Shameless Mom of the Week for shamelessly taking action after listening to a couple episodes. So this is a cool story. Here we go. Sharon writes, listening to this podcast has become a huge part of my weekly routine. I look forward to the new episodes every Monday and Wednesday. I love how down to earth and encouraging Sarah is. I get so inspired every episode I listen to, to truly become a shameless mom. I love that when I am finished listening, I have a newfound respect on the mom and the woman I am, because let's face it, as a mom and wife, sometimes you feel you fail. A favorite episode so far has been the one with Allie Caliendo and then again with Kathy Heller. Love, love, love. I am a foster adopt parent of nine years now, and I've been thinking over the past year on how to get more involved and create some sort of foster care coalition that supports these foster homes and children. There are so many people out there that need this. Listening to Allie gave me the bug to start something. And with Kathy, she gave me the courage to move forward. Infertility and fostering are really close to my heart, and I love how this show just always encourages me in the way that I need. Sarah, I love listening to you. Thank you for being you and being shameless. From a mom who is trying to be shameless as well, Sharon Wickham. So, Sharon, oh my gosh, like my year is made. This is so cool, and this is exactly why I do what I do because this is what happens when women behave more shamelessly. They do really cool stuff that can impact so many lives. And so I'm just beyond touched that you took those two episodes and really took to heart how you could take that information and let it inspire you to build something that would be really meaningful to you and really make a big difference in the legacy that you're going to leave for yourself and for your family that's obviously going to impact a lot of other people. So I can't thank you enough for sharing this with me, Sharon. And also, I want to know what you're doing. So please keep in touch with me and let me know how things are going and if I can help you in any way, or if you want me to connect you to any resources, like if you want me to connect you to Allie. So you can email me at info at Sharon, if you hear this. <laughs> Sharon and I just had a little one-on-one conversation there while the rest of you listened. So. <laughs> But really, I would love to connect. So that is that part today, Sharon. Thank you for being our Shameless Mom of the Week. And I can't wait to see who gets the spot next week. It's always really, really fun for me to pop over to shamelessmom.com forward slash review and check out the new reviews and see what people are doing when they listen to the show and how they're receiving that information and how it's inspiring them to be more shameless every damn day. So now we're going to talk about the good stuff for today. So here we go. This came up as a topic at the end of my trip, my girls' trip. So if you didn't listen to my show last Monday, last Monday I talked all about my recent girls' trip to Sedona with friends from high school, and we hadn't all been together in many, many years, and we all reconnected in Sedona, and it was so fun and so amazing, and I definitely had some like big key takeaways on friendships and lasting friendships and just the cool things that happen when you put together groups of people who you love and adore and want to have relationships with and how you kind of can push yourself to have those relationships and really prioritize time with girlfriends and time with women who inspire you and lift you up. So if you haven't tuned into that, make sure you do. That was episode 231. At the end of that weekend, I was talking with some of the women about this concept of being an abstainer versus a moderator. And this came up because one of the women in the group had decided a couple of years ago to give up alcohol. And she just decided that alcohol was not serving her anymore. And she found herself having a lot of negotiation about alcohol in her life that was taking up a lot of mental space. And she would give it up for periods of time and then wonder, like, should I have it today or tomorrow or the next day? And then she would have it and then she would think, well, maybe I should have had less. And it was just this constant invading her life in a way that she was no longer comfortable with because it was taking up so much time and energy to have these like constant negotiations around how she was going to fit it in her life. And if she felt like the ways she was using alcohol were really healthy and serving her very well. So she ultimately decided to just give it up, which was scary to her and daunting and big. And I know that any of you who've ever given something up, it can feel really uncomfortable. It can feel like the loss of a relationship and it can feel sometimes like you're grieving it. And if you have never had to do that, that might sound kind of funny and weird, but it's true and I've given up many things at different points in my life for different reasons, and it can be a little intimidating. I know there was a year where I gave up dairy, gluten, soy, eggs, and nuts. Starting out on that, I was like, "Oh my god, what am I going to do?" Like I literally lived on beans and rice and avocado for like a month, and it was not fun. And I finally I like had to seek support to help have someone help me find better workarounds for my nutrition. So I went to a nutritionist, and I was like, can you help me? Like, what else can I eat? And that person actually really, really helped me get more, way more creative around things that would serve me better because at that time, dairy, gluten, soy, eggs, and nuts were not serving me well. But I also didn't want to feel like I was like cutting everything that I ate every day out of my life, which is what it had felt like initially when I was doing it on my own. So, someone giving up alcohol might have something really similar. Now, if you're fully in addiction, that is even more intense and that can feel. Obviously, much more challenging, much more overwhelming and frequently, most frequently requires professional help. So I want to be really clear that if you're listening to this episode and really thinking about addictive patterns, be really kind and gentle to yourself and open to the idea of enlisting professional help. So some of you might be able to relate on that level as you're listening to this, on the level of addiction and things that really, really are damaging to you. And others of you might just find this to be helpful in terms of like, having better habits and habits that serve you better, help you get closer to your goals, and help you find some boundaries that actually might be really freeing for you. So the first part of this conversation came up with these women over the course of the weekend talking about alcohol in another conversation, it came up talking about food and people's relationship with food. And one person in particular was talking about her relationship with food and how it's a struggle. And she has phases where she feels like she eats like really, really well and in accordance with her goals. And she feels like she gets great results. But then she has other phases where she feels like she goes sometimes long periods of times where she feels very out of control with her relationship with food and very much like she can't rein it in. It feels really hard to get back on track. It's exhausting. She thinks about it so much. It's frustrating trying to navigate like different situations around it in terms of eating with family and eating in you know professional situations and all these different places where food shows up and trying to keep really clear on her boundaries would get really hard at times, and so she would kind of let go of the goals that she felt would support her best and give into habits that didn't support her goals, and then that would feel really bad, and it would sometimes take a really long time for her to get back into the place of eating in alignment with her goals and feeling really good about the choices that she was making related to food. And so we talked about this idea of abstainers versus moderators, which is a concept Gretchen Rubin talks about. So you all have heard me talk about Gretchen Rubin many times. She was on the show a few months ago, which was so fun. So I will link to that episode. We do not talk about this specifically in that episode. But if you listen to that episode after listening to this, it's actually supportive information that's really, really valuable. We talk about personality types in that episode. And it's actually really helpful. If you're deciding if you're an abstainer or a moderator, it's also helpful to know if you are an obliger, an upholder, a questioner or a rebel, because they can definitely tie in with each other. And with this in this conversation that I was having with these women, the woman who really struggles with the food piece and moderating around food also is an obliger. So it's really hard for her to eat in alignment with her goals if someone has made her a meal and it doesn't serve her goals. She feels obligated to eat it. And this happens regularly in her life where she's like, someone prepared food for me, like I'm not going to turn it down or make them feel bad because they went out of their way. But also, I know that when I do this routinely, I'm not serving myself because these kinds of meals are not in alignment with my goals. So it's helpful to know if you're an abstainer or a moderator, which we're going to talk about here. And then it's also really helpful to know the supporting tendencies that Gretchen Rubin talks about in the interview that I do with her. So I will make sure to link to that in this episode show notes over at shamelessmom.com. You can just click on episode 233 and learn more about that. I swear it's like, So it feels like such a big win. So I want you to go check out Mysteries About True Histories wherever you listen to podcasts. You can tune into Mysteries About True Histories with your kids. You can follow and listen on Apple Podcasts or wherever you get your podcasts, wherever you're listening to this podcast. So go check out Mysteries About True Histories to listen in and have some fun with your kid while they learn today. Okay, so now let's talk about abstainer versus moderator and what this means. So when Gretchen talks about this, she talked about it really clearly in an article, which I will also link to in the show notes. And in the article, she talks about the characteristics of a moderator. So a moderator is someone who can do things in moderation. They can have behaviors in moderation and really, like, it's okay. They can indulge one day and the next day, like, be totally fine going back to habits that serve them really well. So a moderator can occasionally indulge in the habits that don't serve them for the long term and then return pretty easily to a more positive, healthy habit. without it feeling like a big deal or like it requires a ton of willpower or mental resistance or energy. An abstainer, on the other hand, has decided or defined for themselves that little indulgences lead to bigger indulgences. And it's very hard to back that up and go back to the place of behaving in alignment with their goals. It can feel difficult, sometimes impossible to quote unquote, get back on track or get back on the wagon after maybe, you know, indulging in a habit that didn't serve you. So maybe you were away for the weekend and you just ate ate like all the donuts and the cake and the pizza and the whatever. And you recognize like, oh, that didn't really serve me. I kind of feel gross. I really want to start eating healthier again this week. But you feel like it's really overwhelming, very difficult to kind of rein it back in and get back on track with your healthy behaviors. And so you might find it easier to abstain Now, that doesn't mean that it's easy to abstain, but sometimes that position of abstinence in that area of your life actually is super freeing. And Gretchen Rubin talks about this for herself in reference to alcohol and sugar. She just doesn't have any anymore because she knows for her that it's easier to just not have it in her life than to try to negotiate around it and to try to figure out like, well, should I have a drink tonight or tomorrow night? Or should I have the sugar here or there? And she talks really specifically about this one example. So here's the example that she uses in this article that I was reading and I will link to in the show notes. She says, I find it far easier to give up something altogether than to indulge moderately. When I admitted to myself that I was eating my favorite frozen yogurt treat very often, two and even three times a day, sometimes I gave it up cold turkey. That was far easier for me to do than to eat it twice a week. If I try to be moderate, I exhaust myself debating today, tomorrow, does this time count? Do I deserve this? Etc." If I never do something, it requires no self-control for me. If I do something, sometimes it requires enormous self-control. So that explanation is so perfect. And so those habits that you find yourself where you're constantly negotiating around things and they're just taking up so much mental space. So in my friends in this trip, you know, the one had the alcohol reference point, the other one had the food thing where it was taking up so much mental space to negotiate these things in their heads. In their case, abstination and being abstainers is the better, easier answer. It's not easy, but it's an easier lifestyle in the long run. Because for them, moderation led to inner turmoil, conflict, frustration, pain in some cases, like just this never-ending negotiation that never felt good. So moderators try to convert abstainers, and abstainers often try to convert moderators. So let's talk a little bit about that. So we're going to talk a little bit more about these roles and which one might fit you best, which might be surprising to you in just a minute. But before we do that, let's talk about our first sponsor today, which is a new sponsor and also kind of fits in with this conversation, PrepDish. So PrepDish is a paleo gluten-free subscription-based meal planning service. So really in line with what i'm talking about with like freedom through structure and freedom through being a, an abstainer sometimes is just having things done for you in a super simple clean way. So if you know that you want to be abstaining from things like sugar and alcohol and maybe you know processed carbs, prep dish would be the perfect solution for you because it's going to make this so much more simple, brainless, done for you and where it's really going to let you just have some freedom in the structure it provides because what you get with prep dish is When you sign up for a membership, you get healthy gluten-free, dairy-free, and paleo meals that are all real food-based, so no processed foods. It's a super stress-free way to get delicious meals, and save time and be efficient in the kitchen. So when you sign up with Prep Dish, you're going to get a menu for the week, and then you're going to get recipes that go with that menu and grocery lists. So I'm going to just give you a sample. They have gluten-free menus, they have paleo menus, and then they actually have one that's like the super quick menu, which I love. So this is if you want to do all your meal prep for the week in one hour, and here's the meals that come with this particular, this is the super fast menu for May. So, meal one is seared tuna and sweet mashed sweet potatoes and asparagus. Then you have Italian chicken legs with roasted zucchinis and onion and bell peppers. Then you have pork and veggie kebabs with grilled bananas. And then you have beef and spinach tacos with jicama slices. Then you have arugula with blueberries, walnuts, and cheddar. Poached eggs over sweet potatoes with avocado slices. One of the desserts is dark chocolate with almond butter. Yum. So this is like simple stuff, but it lays it all out. You get your recipes, you get your grocery shopping list. Super, super simple, right? So this is a perfect option for someone who's looking to have a little more structure to have freedom around their food. To get started with Prep Dish and get your first two weeks for free, you're gonna go to prepdish.com slash shameless. Again, that's prepdish.com slash shameless to get started today. Okay. So when it comes to being an abstainer versus being a moderator, think about what, when you think you are, sometimes we get that wrong though. So keep listening. Even if you think, you know, for sure where you fall, because sometimes we're a little bit wrong about this. So oftentimes we try to convert people. Moderators will try to convert abstainers. Abstainers will try to convert moderators. Moderators will give abstainers a hard time for holding so strictly to habits and say things like, Oh, you know, just have a little bit here and there and like follow the 80-20 rule. And I will tell you why this doesn't work for some people. And I've seen this in action with thousands of women. Also, abstainers will give moderators a hard time for indulging and maybe not behaving in accordance with their goals. So abstainers will say like, I mean, if you really want to lose 30 pounds, like you should just never eat French fries again, obviously, right? (laughs) And the moderators are like, hey, like I actually do better when I have French fries like once a week or maybe, you know, twice a month that actually helps me not have them every day. So people fall into really different camps with this. So you might find you're a moderator, and this is, again, just pulled straight from Gretchen's article that I'm gonna link to in the show notes. You're gonna find that you're a moderator if you find that occasional indulgences heighten your pleasure and strengthen your resolve, and or if you get panicky at the thought of never getting or doing something. You're an abstainer if you have trouble stopping something once you've started. So this would be sugar and alcohol are great examples of this. And you aren't tempted by things that you've decided are off limits. So I know that for me, owning a gym for many years and working in the fitness industry for the last 16 years, I worked with a lot of women who struggled with weight loss and different things worked for different people. And I always struggled with this in my transformation programs because sometimes I would do programs and I'd be like, hey, for the next four weeks, I'm giving you a complete meal plan. Every meal is laid out for you. Here's the recipes. Here's the grocery list. Here's what you're going to eat. And it's scheduled at the exact time of day and done for you, right? Some people loved this. They were like, oh my gosh, thank you. I don't have to think about it. This is perfect. And other people did not like that. Other people wanted to kind of be uh, more in control of their decisions or have more flexibility and be like, well, you know, if I want to eat out a few times this week, I will. And then I'll like make decisions around that. Whereas the abstainers were like, no, like I'm just going to not eat out for the whole month that this program is on. I'm going to not eat out at all. I'm going to not have any sugar, any alcohol, any desserts. And then they're just going to go the whole program, like all in. And other people are saying, no, like I want to incorporate some real life situations. So I want to do the program, eat mostly on this meal plan situation that Sarah set up, but then also, you know, go to the happy hour stuff and go to the events on the weekend and do that and make choices that make sense for me in those situations. So it was a, always a mix what worked best for different people. And when I first started running these programs, I was really rigid about how I approached things. And I would say like you can't have any alcohol for the first couple weeks of the program and you can't have any of this and any of that. And I learned over time that I had to actually tell people that different things work for different people and for some people it really is best to do programs like that and say like I am not having any treat meals, any indulgences, any sugar, any alcohol for the duration of the program. Because for some people that was really freeing and it got them amazing results. For other people that was setting them up for huge fail. And they would have a drink or a piece of cake three days into the program and they would just never return to the program and they would be gone. And that felt to me like a failure on my part that I had set up something that was too rigid and too structured for them. And it didn't allow them to have some of those other experiences where they could go and have the drink, go and have the cake, and then return to the program and still be super successful. So you have to decide where those lines fall for you, and it might not be super clear. I can tell you that I am a good moderator with certain things and not with others. So I can moderate well with alcohol. Like I rarely have more than two drinks. I often have just one drink. On a very rare occasion, I'll have three drinks, and then I'm always really annoyed with myself because I don't sleep well. So for me, like, that's not a big deal. Like I don't ever have more than three drinks and not that I never have, but like at this point in my life, I never have more than three drinks and I don't mix a ton of alcohol. So I'm not going to be like, first, let's start off with like champagne and then have some wine and then maybe a beer and then some whiskey. Like, so I have a lot of structure around those things for me. Similarly with sugar like I can go out to dinner and have like my husband and I can split a dessert and we don't even finish it. Like that's not a big deal. And then the next day, then I won't have dessert again until like the next time we go out for dinner. We just don't keep dessert stuff around the house or if we keep like popsicles for Vinny or whatever. I'm like, I don't care about that. Like, so it's not a big deal for me. Understood Explains, and it will pop right up. Click on it, pick your episode, and get the answers that you've been looking for and the support that you need around different learning differences and differences in school. No one told
1: us the truth about parenthood. Why? This is the podcast everyone needed before they had kids because now that those little ones are here, there is a lot to unpack. I think that we should really pull back the curtain on becoming a first-time or second-time mom or dad to share the good, the bad, and the ugly. We'll have a little education, a little fun, and a whole lot of heart that goes into each and every episode. So join me and our amazing guests each week to hear us talk about what no one told us. With abstination,
0: I cannot have baked goods in my house. So I just know that we don't keep baked goods here because if we have them in the house, I will eat them until they're gone. So if I make brownies, for example, every time I walk through the kitchen, I will cut myself a little piece of brownie. My husband, on the other hand, is like, yeah, I can have like one little brownie like every fourth night and the brownies for him could last like two months which just kind of pisses me off because for me I'm like oh my god they're like screaming my name so I don't keep baked goods in my house because it doesn't work for me that is way more freeing to have them here and to have to think about it and negotiate and be like should I have the brownie after lunch or after dinner or actually you know I just worked out and even it's only 7 a.m but I mean my metabolism's super high so maybe I should have the brownie at 7 a.m these things have literally happened. So, if I have brownies in the house, I will be eating them like 17 times throughout the day. So, I just don't keep them here. If I make brownies or anything like that, it's because I'm going to take them somewhere and give them to people, or it's because I'm having people over and then I send all of them home with whoever is here because they just cannot stay here. That's what I know for myself. If you think that you're maybe a little bit of a mix or of the two, a mix of a moderator and an abstainer, Or maybe you're feeling a little bit scared of abstaining because it sounds hard and scary and you think, oh my gosh, like I'll never get to have this certain thing again. Then you can make other non-negotiable rules for yourself. So this can kind of be the happy medium. And this is where this, where you really can have a little bit of both parts of this in you and this might work for you. And this also can be kind of an interim decision or an interim like deal that you make where you have some structure around habits that keep you working toward a goal rather than feeling living in that frustrating place where you're always negotiating how you're going to kind of feel like you're back in control of behaviors that support you the best. So think about intermediate rules that you can set for yourself. So for me, I went through a phase a few years ago, someone introduced me to the chocolate chip cookies at Starbucks. I don't know who this person was. I don't even remember, but they were obviously very evil because I then learned how delicious the cookies were and I wanted them every time I went into Starbucks. Now, I don't go to Starbucks that often, even though I'm from Seattle. I don't go to Starbucks that often. I'm not a huge fan of their coffee. But because I didn't go in very often, I started thinking like, well, every time I go to Starbucks, I'm just going to get one of these cookies because I don't come here very often. But I go often enough that like I don't need to be having a cookie every time. So then I made a deal with myself that I could only have the Starbucks cookie when I was traveling, because that was like a treat. So like, if I'm at the airport, I can have a Starbucks cookie. Well, then I started traveling a lot. And so I was like, I can have like a Starbucks cookie on the flight leaving Seattle and the flight back into Seattle. And like, if there's any layovers, I can have Starbucks cookies there. So like one trip, I can have like four cookies, right? So then I was like, this is too much. So then I backed that off to like, I'm going to only have Starbucks cookies when I'm in the Seattle airport about to leave on a trip. Now, this was a few years ago, and now I don't have them. I mean, I haven't had one in probably a year and a half, maybe. And now it's like not a big deal. So for me, it was the kind of this backing off of the behavior over time was really helpful. Because I definitely got, and this happened with me after Vinny was born, where I had gotten back in the habit of having baked goods regularly. And it was very hard to get out of that habit. And so I literally like had to not stop at certain stores on my way home from places or like not grocery shop at certain stores that had certain baked goods, like the carrot cake at PCC. For those of you in Seattle, oh my gosh, I did like not go to PCC so that I would not get the single serving carrot cake because it was so delicious, but also didn't really take me closer to my goals also think about other habits where you may or may not leave room for negotiation. Exercise, going to bed at a reasonable time, getting up without hitting snooze, social media use, gambling, TV consumption, video games. We're going to talk a little bit more about these in just a minute because this also, this whole idea of being a moderator versus an abstainer, I think plays a lot into other habits in our life. And I want to really talk to you a little bit more about how you can continue to work in ways that support your goals. So before we do that, let's talk about our second sponsor today, Canvas People. So you've heard me talking about Canvas People, talking about how much I love the idea of getting pictures out of my phone and into prints, and so I can actually see them and enjoy them in real life. And I have to tell you, I recently had this awful experience where I went in to get a picture printed at a local drugstore. And it was so frustrating. And I went in and like, I hooked my phone up. And then, of course, like for some reason, the photo machine connected and it got like literally downloaded thousands of pictures from my phone, but just not the one that I needed. I was going to pull my hair out. Then I went to print some other options as like backups. And then, like, the printer thing wouldn't work. Oh my God. I was pulling my hair out. And I was like, really, it should not be this hard to just get a photo. So, Take that just out of your routine. Like you no longer need to go to the drugstore to get things printed because you can just go to canvaspeople.com and you get a beautiful canvas of the photos that are in your phone that make beautiful art that you can hang up on your wall. So you don't need to go and get the junky prints. Because also the other thing is that these prints that come out of the grocery store, they are really bad quality sometimes. It makes me crazy. So go to Canvas People where you're going to get a beautiful print and they're offering Shameless Moms 11 by 14 canvas prints for free. That's a $70 value. So you're gonna go to canvaspeople.com, you can upload a picture, you can do it from your phone or your computer, upload the picture, you can quickly edit it, crop it if you want to, then you place your order. Super, super simple, really quick. And all you have to do is pay shipping and handling to get your 11 by 14 canvas print for free. So you're going to go to canvaspeople.com and use the code shameless to get your free print. Again, that's canvaspeople.com and use the code shameless. You're also going to see lots of other options over there. So I'm warning you now, you might want more than just the 11 by 14 print. You might want to get some other prints as well, but start with that one and you can build from there. So again, that's canvaspeople.com and use the code shameless at checkout to get your free 11 by 14 print. Okay. So now we're going to talk about where other areas of your life, where it might be really valuable to put into practice some boundaries around moderation and moderating and abstaining. So recognizing where are you successful with moderation and where are you not? Where is structure really, really valuable to you? So I know for me, one of the things I got really sucked into a few years ago, I'm not someone who plays games on my phone. Like I've never played Candy Crush, but I learned I probably shouldn't. Here's why. I, when I got my first smartphone or it might not even been a smartphone, it might have been a pre-smartphone, but I first played Solitaire and free cell on my phone. And I was like, oh, this is really relaxing and fun. And it was like something to do on my phone, like when I had nothing to do, or like if I was laying in bed at night and I couldn't sleep, I could do that. And it did not stimulate my mind. It would actually help me kind of zone out and like decrease anxiety. But here's the thing. I downloaded a Sudoku app at one point oh my gosh, I could not stop playing Sudoku. And my husband would like turn on TV at night for us to watch TV together. And I'd be playing Sudoku the whole time. And then he would like, literally anytime I could pick up my phone and play Sudoku, I would. And I remember we were driving somewhere one time and I was not listening to him because I was on my phone playing Sudoku, which I don't even do things in the car because I get car sick. So I'm always like, yeah, like I can't text someone while I'm in, while I'm a passenger in a car because I might barf. But Sudoku was so important to me that I didn't care if it made me car sick. And my husband was finally like, you are completely addicted to that game. And I was like, I know, I don't know how, like, I don't know why. I don't, I've had books of Sudoku before, like never that addicted to them. But I had to stop. I had to be like, okay, like this is really weird that I'm so obsessed with this. And I would start doing it and like my heart would go up and I'd be like super competitive with myself, So it's not unlike other parts of my personality in some ways, but it was also a little bit strange because I was like, why is it just this thing? And it's not like, you know, I could play solitaire all day long and stop anytime I want. Like it was not a big deal. But the Sudoku, I was like obsessing over. So we have these habits. Sometimes it's social media use. Sometimes it's just, you know, checking our phone all the time. Sometimes it's the snooze button where we hit snooze like seven times in the morning. And then we're like, oh my God, I could have gotten up an hour earlier. I just wasted an hour hitting snooze. So I either could have gotten an hour of quality sleep by just setting my alarm earlier or setting my alarm later, or I could have just gotten up an hour earlier and had a whole extra hour of my day. Sometimes it's going to bed at a reasonable time. So we think this is something I do every morning when I get up and it hurts to get up. And I'm like, tonight I'm going to go to bed. It's so early. I'm going to go to bed like 9.15 and I can never get in bed before 10. But I am pretty good about my 10 o'clock bedtime. But I know for other people that can be a real struggle. Like they're binge watching something and they're like, they intend to go to bed at 10, but all of a sudden it's midnight because they got caught up in a show. So recognize where sometimes you have behaviors that don't serve your goals. Like if you want to be getting up early in the morning to work out and you're binge watching TV at night and staying up until 12 or 1 and then you're not getting up when your alarm goes off at 5 or 6 a.m. to work out, that's not serving you anymore. So maybe you need to practice some abstination. Maybe that means that you don't watch TV in the evening anymore. Maybe you only watch TV like on your lunch hour, on your phone or on your computer or whatever. Maybe it means you don't play video games anymore or you only play video games on the weekends. I know I have multiple friends who say like at their house, their kids do not watch TV during the week. It's like only on the weekends. And then it's only movies. They don't watch any like network television because they don't want them watching commercials and whatever, like all sorts of different reasons. So Look at what some boundaries could be for you that will put some limits in place that can be freeing and get you what you want. Sometimes this feels scary, but when we do these scary things, these uncomfortable things, it actually helps us get what we ultimately want. And so really think about what that might be, what you actually want, because there's probably more of you that are abstainers than you want to admit, but sometimes being an abstainer sounds a little scary. But then once you start practicing it, you're like, oh my gosh, this is actually a huge relief. So go back to the example that I used at the very beginning, my friend who decided to give up alcohol. The idea of giving up alcohol was so overwhelming and terrifying and like how will I be fun? And how will I function in these different events and life situations? Because I'm used to having alcohol there. What will that feel like? Can I do it? Can I not do it? Like, will I be a disaster? Will I never laugh again? (laughs) Like all these things, right? But then as she did it, she found it to be so freeing over time, because she wasn't having these constant negotiations. She wasn't having to constantly figure out like, should I drink tonight? Should I not? Should I drink at this thing? Should I wait for that? All these different scenarios. So think about where it might be freeing for you to become an abstainer in certain areas of your life or have structure. One of the examples that I use, so this is not necessarily being an abstainer, but it's using structure in a way that really serves you. So this would not be abstination as much as it would be, I don't even know if abstination's a word, is it? It's sounding funny as I say it. So perhaps I just made up a word today, I don't know. One of the things that I find is it's easier for me to do things every day than just sometimes. And I've talked about this before in relationship to exercise. So it's easier for me to get up six days a week and exercise first thing in the morning than to do it three days a week. Because if I do it three or four days a week, every day, I'm thinking, should today be my workout day? Or even the night before, before I go to bed, I'm like, should I get up tomorrow morning? Should I not? Should I maybe wait till the next day? Do I need more sleep tonight? Do I not? It's like all this thought process that's just way too much. It takes way too much energy. So I just get up every morning and work out. That's way easier for me. The other thing is, the thought process around working out first thing in the morning versus working out later in the day. I would much rather get up earlier and do it first thing in the morning because I cannot handle having it hanging over me and me negotiating all day. Should I do it at nine o'clock? And this was when Vinny was really little and still home. I really struggled with this because I wanted to get as much sleep as possible. So we would get up in the morning and then all day I'd be like, oh my gosh, when am I going to get in my workout? Will I do it at nine during his first nap? Or should I do it like at one after his second, during his second nap? Or maybe I should wait till my husband gets home at like five 30. When should I do it? And it would just like the anxiety around it was so consuming because I just wanted like 15 minutes of movement. So as soon as I could, as soon as he was at all on a reasonable sleep schedule, I was like, okay, like this needs to happen first thing in the morning. And I would rather do this first thing in the morning for like 20 minutes, than three days a week for 30 minutes, an hour, whatever. And that's really what got me back in the routine. And also I stopped going other places to work out. So I was like, I'm going to do this at my home in my guest bedroom for 20 minutes, first thing every day. That's way easier than figuring out like, okay, like where is this class offered? And what time of day is the best time to beat traffic if I want to go over here for this? And it was like, no, like all my workouts are happening at home in my guest bedroom, because I'm not going to negotiate where am I going to go? How am I going to get there? What's the traffic going to be like? Which day is best? Which class do I like the most? Like, who's going to watch Vinny? Can I do it before work, after work? No, way too much. Every day, same thing. So recognizing those tendencies in your life where you can build in these rules, and then within those rules, there's tons of freedom. So I've talked about that in other contexts before, but many abstainers, I think, will find that if you just have super cut and dry rules, that That is actually way easier for you. So my guess is that those of you who maybe have just recognized like, okay, I'm an abstainer. So I will find freedom in abstaining from alcohol or sugar or whatever, video games, you know, social media during the workday, whatever your thing is you also might find that having limits around like, I do this thing every day at the same time, or I do this the same way every time, or I only eat like I have the same breakfast every day, you might find a lot of freedom in that as well. Versus maybe someone who is more of a moderator who's like, well, some days for breakfast, I have the cereal. And then some days I have the eggs and oatmeal. And then other days I have like, for me, that's completely overwhelming. I have the exact same breakfast every day. That is freedom. That makes me happy. So Really interesting conversation between these girlfriends, and I thank them all for letting me talk about this openly to share it with you. I would love to hear from you, so definitely comment on social media. This episode will be posted over on Instagram and on Facebook at the Shameless Mom Academy, and I would love your input in terms of if you think you're an abstainer or a moderator, what you think of just this concept. I think it's fascinating. And then, of course, all the links mentioned today will be in the show notes, so links to the article that I shared that Gretchen Rubin wrote. Gretchen interview on this show will be all over in the show notes over at shamelessmom.com if you click on episode 233. So thank you for listening. If this is your first time listening to the show, please come back again on Wednesday. We have a fantastic interview coming up on Wednesday that I can't wait to share with you. Also, you can subscribe to the show so you never miss an episode if you go to shamelessmom.com forward slash review. That takes you into Apple Podcasts where you can click on the subscribe button. You can also leave a review while you're there. So please do rate and review the show. That means the world to me and it helps the show stay highly ranked in Apple Podcasts, so that we can get be seen and found by more shameless moms all over the world. So I really appreciate that. Please share this episode out with anyone you think could benefit from this conversation. Anyone who you think maybe wants some support or information or guidance on abstaining and moderating. Please, please share this out. You can just take a screenshot of the episode on your phone, share it on social media, tag me at the shameless mom Academy on Facebook or Instagram. If you go to shamelessmom.com, click on episode 233, you'll get a link to the episode and you can share that as well on social media or via email, shoot it out to people that you think might want to listen to this episode and might find the episode to be helpful. So thank you for sharing. Thank you for being here. And I hope you have a fantastic rest of the day. I can't wait to be back with you in two more days. And until then, no matter what you do today, make sure you do it shamelessly.